So we don't use this. Welcome to What the Rock. Hello, Julie. Hello, Nicholas. Hello, Nicholas. Hello, Andrew. <laughs> Thank Hello, you. Ollie. Hello. How are you? I was going to say, yeah. you check the levels. Yeah, nah, no. No levels needed. Let's go straight. <laughs> How are you going? Great. How, what did you think of this last weekend of rugby? Um, pretty good. Good. Pretty disappointing as an Australian rugby fan. Not the time you want to be dropping games right in the middle of a multi-generational um, TV rights contract broadcasting. Well, yes, that, that's a very good point. We so it's very cast and we grab to the locker rooms with like a picture of like a small kid and say, hey, this is the kid you let down. Maybe, or maybe the little kids could turn on if they were so kind. But um, did you know that the, the AFL, the NRL women's nines got higher coverage than all the Super Rugby games in Australia? It's an amazing statistic, isn't it? Well, it's good women's sport, isn't it? It is. It's good women's rugby league. Yeah. Mm. But I think it's telling that it's in a bit of a lull. But, but also, like, now it's also, is Fox now going, oh, but the numbers are so low. It's like, but also you cut the, the midweek rugby. There's no way to hype them. No one was watching that, though. Yeah. Well, but even still, what little hype you could generate. Mm. It was, it's a shame because it was the best rugby, I think, Australians two Australian teams have played um, in, in quite some time. Yeah, like the Brumbies and the Reds, and the Reds. Yeah. 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 Well, that first half in the Reds was awesome. Yeah, like, I thought, wow. I was sure. Oh, so we'll start there. We'll start with the Reds. Oh, what a surprise. I like it. <laughs> uh, so what was the full-time score? 43-31 or something? No, it was like 27. Yeah. We didn't oh, score any points in the second half. Oh, I think we scored three, didn't we? Or none. No. no. Well, the first half, yeah, that was a joy to watch. Even the second half was thrilling, up to a point. Um, it's thrilling watching more, more, more. Yeah, well, what, what can World Rugby do about that? I, well, we were talking about that earlier, that um, how do we stop them all? Well, well, it's possible, it just takes a lot of skill and work. Well, also, it also requires refs to actively give the defenders some, like, leeway. You know, like they, they're actively trying to stop the try from being scored, but they're trying to do it legally. I know there's a million ways you can cheat, but I mean... There's a few. There's, there's thrilling moments where it pulls off. Like, I think last year there was a couple of Brumbies, more... Def- like, it, it's rare, but it's, it's a it's a exemplary forward performance that happens. You probably the do have really to... really are one of the best. Yeah, but you probably do have to engage in some kind of skullduggery to, to, to get it stopped. So as, as far as I know... There's a couple of ways to stop. There's more defense, there's a couple of ways to do it. One is you actually get up and compete. A lot of teams don't do that. Everyone's saying, why don't you jump up? It's because if you jump up as well, you've got three guys who can't push in the mall as soon as it like, comes back to ground, and you're immediately on the back foot. Not good. But that's the payoff, though, because you might win the ball. Yeah, payoff is if you, if you back That's why we've got the best sport in the world, because you can roll the dice like that. No other sport in the world can do that. Yeah. Uh, the second one is that you wait for them to uh, to come down and you immediately just sack it by the, just tackling the guy. Hard to do again because it requires you to like basically pick where the guy's going to land and that the guy who he lands next to is going to be strong enough to pull him to ground. And the third one is, also, the third one is you just drive as soon as the guy plants the ground and just shove them off and off their game. And you can not, not engage at all. And then if, if you don't engage, it's obstruction. Yeah, I think more teams should probably just try to start doing Well, that. I remember um, the Blues did that years ago. They just, the line-out was formed, ball went in, and they all just turned, just 
moved, so there was this gap, and they just walked through, and the ref went, no, that's obstruction. But I suppose teams don't do that because they like the also teams like don't, to do the defence. Well, we don't want to devalue the mall as a part of the game. Mm. I, I think it's genuinely a part of the game. You know, the forward pack trying to push the ball past the other forward. Pack. Well, it's also the one that's the few times that it's not just the forward pack. I mean, you can have often yes, backs do run yeah, it, so exactly which, um, which the Hawaiians have. Yeah. Mm. But it is frustrating because in the first round against the Brumbies, it really felt like when the more when the defensive team does do a good job, um, the Brumbies broke off to the side, and what looked like a clear obstruction wasn't given by the referee. So it is very, it is a bit frustrating the way that uh, the referees will call that uh, because at the same time, so you're talking about you can sack them, all, but if the referee of duty, of, decides that the ball has gone back you're not allowed to bring down the ball. So you've got to get that timing very spot on. And let's face it, based on, and this is the segue into how bad the referees are, um, based on the referee deciding whether or not the ball is back and to the back of the ball or not, he can basically decide whether or not that's a penalty and what that is his job. And so I think we should bring up the fact that Green and Gold Rugby did a good um, a good in-depth analysis of hometown referees yes, and the result of hometown decisions. And he found that in the last three years, um, in Australia, the Australian teams received 15 more penalties than they conceded. New Zealand was the opposite at negative 15. Yes, yeah. So they were given more. So opposing, so away teams were given more penalties in New Zealand. Mm. Um, but 15 in three years, that's, that's about that's 50 games. That's because they cheat on the five minute line. They do yeah. cheat a lot. But uh, the important number was the fact that South African teams in South Africa received an extra 160 penalties wow. in three years. Which Amazing worked. Statistic, Did you see that? It is, no. it, yeah. is a, it is a big, it's a big number, but also important to remember how many games that's from. That's about 50 games. So it works out that on average, a team playing a South African team, like a, a foreign team, say, playing a South African team in South Africa, should expect to receive 3.1 penalties fewer than the home team. Which, maybe that nine points is important. Who, who could say? Well, nine points, well, three, three penalties, that could be potentially three cracks at the line, too. Like, you know, mm. three kick, kick to the three tries. Yeah. could be three yeah. tries. That's 21 points right there. Could be. It's, it's right there. And but is, there's been studies to show that hometown noise impacts judicial decisions yeah, referring oh, in any sport. So soccer, you know, cricket to a degree, but less so. Yeah. But, you know, there's... And, and because our sport is also the, the most excellent sport to referee in because it allows a lot more objectivity, I mean, a lot more... Subjectivity in terms of application of rules. Mm. I think that's why you see the variance. But alarm alarms should be on a flight over to New Zealand, uh, to South Africa right now saying, how are you going to tighten this up? Because that's pretty embarrassing. It's honestly. a big number. It's a big number. It's and embarrassing enough to say, you know, there's the door. SA <laughs> rugby. If you want to go cheat your way through the Norman Tempest here, that would stomp on them. Like England's, France wouldn't put up with that. We just have to kowtow because of their broadcasting rights. We won't. We won't take. We really should be writing very hard letters to them saying, 
<laughs> we'll write you a letter. I think they have been saying for ages, we're going to go Northern Hemisphere. We'll go and we'll bring, we'll bring in the Sunwolves, Japan, and leave Argentina there and the Islander teams. Maybe. And but I think, um, I, I think let's, let's look after ourselves. Mm. But, but I mean, geez, like, it's also too, like, you, you, like, like I said about, you know, poor Nick, poor, um, Nick Berry, he just did not get the memory that you're supposed to be favouring the home team. So uh, talk about the context. So where it's the okay. Brumbies playing the Highlanders. Brumbies playing the Highlanders. It's the last two minutes, I think, yeah. or three no, minutes. No, it went over. It was 82 minutes. No, no, the but no, but the pen, like where the penalty happened. Yes. It was um, Nick Berry. Uh, basically, the Brumbies had the ball. They were on their own 22. We, I always, I thought this was a dumb idea from the get go, but they tried to like basically just pick and go, pick and go, wind the clock down. And Nick Berry determined that one of the rucks, the Brumbies, sealed it off, which, you know, entirely possible they did. Um, but, I mean, just if, 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 you know, I just feel that would not be a penalty in other, particularly in South Africa, that would be a penalty. Mm-hmm. And then, then not only that, but a guy, but then a Brumbies player two minutes later gets yellow carded. So. Was it a Brumbies player? Are we talking about yes, no, it? Was. That, the very mm-hmm. last play. Yeah, which they, which the Highlanders then went to score. On yeah, the they scored so, I mean, under the post. They had to score under the post. Well, they had to, to make a kick. Yeah, they, they had, had to make a kick, kick at least. Yeah. And yeah. So in that situation, um, and the Brumbies were the better team. Well, but and it's very important yeah, to point out that in no way are we denigrating Nick Berry. We actually think he did a very good, really job did a good job in penalising the home team um, because you know this is this is part of the problem with world rugby is. Well, at least in Australia, part of the problem is that people quite frequently will ask me, you know, what was that penalty for? Why is this a penalty when it wasn't a penalty last week? It's a very subjective event, and well, the, the refereeing is very subjective, and it's just... Well, it was frustrating. Like, frustrating the most frustrating thing, again, was if you had someone new rugby and you said, right, you watched the World Cup, you saw the debacle of the implementation of... The new framework or framework they devised for player safety, and then it's just a penalty, like for old mate leading with the shoulder directly into someone's head. Like that's a even if you go let's downgrade it to a yellow, that's a game changing moment. And you go well, Samu Karevi was sent off for leading with his palm in an attacking play. I mean, just look at that and you go. How do you explain that? How, did, how does... I love... It, like, And obviously that he got it wrong, but it has no, there's no real consequence for getting it wrong. But how many times have you seen exactly the same and not penalised in test the Northern Hemisphere? Yeah. Mm. It's, I think rugby has a real issue on its hand, whether it wants to be treated as entertainment or as genuine sport. Uh, because I really find it difficult. The not and Oliver, we said earlier, um, when you have two teams play with one referee, and then the next week those same two teams can play with a different referee, and it's somehow a different game. And it's, it's just genuinely to do with how one referee interprets it, um, which doesn't lead to consistent play. You know, players, spectators want to see consistency within the referee, both within the game. So we all, we all hate it when it's like, oh, well, you know, why, why is that high tackle not when the first one? 
But we also want to see it week to week because we genuinely want to see a refereeing standard across the board. And we want to see that standard applied each game. And it's very difficult because in the first few weeks of Super Rugby, at least so far, we've shown that the refereeing standard that applies is the home team gets the calls with Nick Berry and the, and the Brumbies, unfortunately being the outsider this week. They are the outlier. It's also so, just, um, I mean, it's also just a different halves. Like, you look at, like, uh, I think someone made the comment, I think, what, Kafer in the Reds Hawaii's game? He was, like, saying the Rucks or something. It's prison rules of the Rucks, which is a great call. <laughs> Um, but then the second half, you know, obviously they, the ref had tightened the calls up and there was mm. a lot more penalties. So, I mean, that, that's even within the game, it's hard. It's not even just week to week. It can be within the same game in two yeah. different halves. I mean, did you see James O'Connor when he to go over the line and he dropped it and the referee came to him and said, did you get it over? James said no, which is good. How? Good sportsmanship. I suppose, yeah. And Perinara did it the week before, apparently. So mm. I, instead of going up to the TMO, just ask the mm. player and the player said, no, I didn't score. Anyway. But talking about referees, there was one on the weekend, South African, and he went to give a yellow card, but he pulled out the red. And oh, then he, yes, And then it. he went, oh, no, and he's got this big smile on his face and he goes, yellow. I thought, how did he get that wrong? I mean, how does a kicker miss a kick at goal? I don't know. <laughs> but you have your red right card in one pocket yeah. and your yellow in, another, in the other pocket, so you know which one's which. That was anyway, not but um, i got to say, though, even though we lost, even though our second, uh, certainly our final quarter as the Reds is terrible, I really like the Reds this year. They're looking good. Well, and based on what we know about the hometown referee, we're about to cream it when we finally start playing some games at home. And we start getting some of those penalties going away. It'll be a game, Sunwolves. I mean, it's a flow on from the World Cup, how people are going, well, look at Japan, you know, look at the rugby, the quality of the rugby. So I think um, it'll be entertaining. A lot of ex-reds in the squad out for a bit of Yes, Jack Chats. Mm, um, chats with shit, though. Uh, yeah, this game's at 6.15 Saturday night for those playing yes, at home. Yes, yes. Brisbane time? Brisbane time. Brisbane well, time. my app yes, tells no, me it's Brisbane yes, time. Yeah, 7.15. Um, and Very young Jordan's out for the season. Yeah, pretty good. Mm. Oh, but I'm not too bad. Like, the replacement was on fire on the weekend. I thought yeah. Hunter played very well yeah. for, his, for his, his very first super game. You know, really, he didn't put him on the wrong foot. Did he even score a try? Almost. Almost, that's right. Um, I thought his defence was good. And I have to say, I'm not a fan of Hamish Stewart, but when he was named 12, I went, uh-oh. But I thought he had a good game. I did think his defence, but I think all of the players, the Reds' defence is very, very good. Yeah, it's just a shame the way it ended, really. Um, that that um, five-metre scrum. Well, there again, we're talking about the mall. Now the scrum, when you're the dominant oh, scrum. Just like, there was I'd love to, to see, because um, I've said this to Julie a couple of times, but Brad Thorne has been at the elite level of... of um, Origin and like so, State of Origin and he said the two hardest games that he's ever played is State of Origin and South Africa versus New Zealand. Um, and so he would be have an interesting perspective as someone on the other side. So a Kiwi team great and understanding with the lens of what he knows of how the laws are applied and the putting yourself into winning positions, 
how does it feel being a coach of a team that's on the other side of that? So when you, when you look at something as black and white as that scrum model, you can go, well, there's, you know, I cannot fathom that. The Kiwis never had that. They, they never really have, I mean, apart from that full pass, mm-hmm. but... But that it would be the, the, the four, you're talking about in 2007, the four yeah. pass, yeah. But I guess that's, I guess that's the, I guess that's the time when someone turns around and talks about, you know, it's, it's the white privilege analogy, right? You know, it's the, the all black privilege. Well, that's what, that's what I'd be asked to yeah, ask, yeah. ask, is that real? How do you feel about are, that? Are you, yeah. Is it real in that your players objectively always play better, therefore got less penalties, or do you just have, is there some type of aura, or is there an influence on the game? Or maybe that, that like, you just go, well... Or perhaps there's some massive hometown refereeing decisions. Yeah, so, yeah. but he would say, okay, well, that we, we, we're better than most teams, so therefore didn't really didn't come into play as much. But it'd be just good to know, like, being on the other side, what's his view now, having... He's in a very, very unique position. Like, no other, no other, very few other world coaches have been the coach of a, uh, a player of an awe-inspiring team to then go to a couple of steps below and play against that same sort yes. of standard and then get trounced and go, well, my players are doing the right things. They, they carved it up first half and then there was some dubious, dubious stuff. Like, mm. would Hurricanes or the Blues being... Okay, let's even just take the Blues. Well, he's always been well off the park like that. And they still rally, or they, they kind of. Well, yeah. I guess the completely the the best analogy is: Would the Crusaders have lost that match? No, no way. You don't. You think the Crusaders would have run through them like that? Um, well, if if the Crusaders were king for their scrum, like five minutes out, mm-hmm. that's that would have been the game sealer. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no way that a scrum like that, like the, the image of people, the Crusaders, in their heads would have been a five minutes attacking scrum like the Crusaders would be penalised against when it's dominating like that. It just, just would Wouldn't not happen. happen. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at the framework, you go, okay, well, Brad, the Reds, exact same scenario, like dominant scrum all night, moving forward, push them off, like literally push them off the ball. Didn't we get a tight head? We did, yeah. I think the first scrum we're going to take. Yeah. Yeah. So just you just go. Something's. What's what's going on there? Is it? And would would you say it's cheating or is it? Is it? So what is like? What is, what do you define that as? Uh, I think it's not Brad cheating, but is what is it? Incompetence from the referee. Yeah. Because yeah. that's. I mean that that decision is so crucial. White and it's so black white. Yes. It's not. A, it's almost like a slow mo knock on. You go, okay, well, I can't dispute with that. We were, we were saying this before, like it, it's when particularly more decisions scrums, it's less obvious when the ref is calling it so blatantly to the other side. But so that's, that is obvious. Yeah. So, so say like a bat goes to score a try, knocks it on, the ref sees it but awards it. That's just like cheating. But if like a, 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 yeah. a, a scrum so dominates another and the ref penalises so the wrong that? team. So what do you call that? Like what would Brad, what would Brad could use his language like? Well he did say, that he's very quiet about things, but he did say he was perplexed that we had the dominant scrum, yet we didn't get, we didn't get the So is it an attitude from this team or is it, so he's got to fall into one or two camps, oh, right? I, I kind of, the guy also has to live there too, so, so like, well, yeah. this, this is actually a very good point that Oliver brings up, 
I don't actually think it's that surprising that com- uh, countries that have much higher rates of corruption, i.e., South Africans, i.e., uh, it's very unfortunate to all our South African and Argentinian listeners, um, but Get it makes go. sense that refereeing would be stronger and less biased in Australia. Um, the idea being that uh, countries that have less corruption tend to be more objective. I it's far too short a pod- podcast to get into it, but you know, turns out that's the way it works. I mean, I think the least, uh, the, or sorry, the most biased soccer league in the world was the Nigerian third division, where the worst team in the league only lost two games at home, and the team that finished top only won three games away from home, and the final round, get this, uh, one team won 17 0 and the other team won 68 0 um, in a very close competition, you've got to remember. And yes, it's, it's almost as though that Nigeria is an incredibly corrupt country and the referees didn't want to award the wrong result. Now, I'm not saying any of this intimidation happens in rugby. I really hope it doesn't. But it wouldn't be surprising that referees in South Africa are under pressure to referee this way. Do you think or it's do you, from the do fans? Do you th- because the fans are all very... Kinds of, all kinds of factors are played. Yeah. So fans are very, very aggressive. What, what about... Um, so what were you called that then? I mean, let's dissect that decision. Is it in... Was it ineptitude or... Um, I think like, it's Mouse. Yeah. I'm going to call it Mouse. Yeah, I'm going to call it... He just, like, he just, <laughs> just knew the team was under the pump. To what's the repercussions of that? Nothing, though. Well, it's, it's up to World Rugby to make a real... A real stand, a decision on this that we either have a game where it's genuinely about, you know, which which team is better at rugby, or we have a theatrical aspect about which team do we want to win for X Y Z reasons. And honestly, I think I think rugby's been going down this path for a while. I think the All Blacks were given a massive, massive advantage in the early two thousands. And beyond. <laughs> well, it, it still continues to this day, but there were... So, uh, in, against the Lions two years ago, that was New Zealand's second red card ever. The first being Colin Pine Tree Meads in the 60s. Sonny Bill Williams in the, what, two, 2015? 20, 2016, I thought it was. Yeah, 2016. 2016. That, that's a 50-year gap between red cards. That time also includes players like uh, John Ashcroft, uh, Richard Lowe, doing some horrible, horrible things to players that the referee conveniently didn't see, didn't care about. The one against Paul Carrozza at Ballymore. Yes. How, how that wasn't a red card is incredible. Uh, Did they have... I don't know whether they basically, had basically, cards, I think I think it could have been... What happened no, was they Australian player, uh, when he goes to the corner, like, scores a try, and the prop after the try is scored, just basically comes over, elbows, elbows uh, literally yeah. just does, like, a people's elbow on the guy's nose, and just, he gets just up and he just... His face. his face is just shattered, like, um, so... And I didn't mean to I, do I know, that. I know this is... I know this is back in the day. I'm doing air quotes now for those listening, but I know this is back in the day. But I don't know whether they had written red cards then. I don't no, know. No, 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 they definitely did. You they could, did. Well, it sorry, did. It, it wasn't a red card, but the referee could send you from the field. And yeah. 
That was that was um. There was no Sydney. That was in the nineties. That was ninety three. Oh yeah. But, but I think oh, you're right, Nick. Yeah, I'll, I'll just yeah. get back to what you were saying earlier about like when you're in the middle of a TV deal. Like surely, like Rally Castle Australian Rugby Board, whatever Rugby Australia Board, needs to refer it up and go, hey, we're we're fighting for our lives here financially and for viewership. We need to have a fair. Can we, we make the? We can we make the? Product. There's probably fighting too many fronts to really. I mean, yes, there's. On it. I know, and and we've got a bit of a perception of being winners now in the world right of rugby. You just get better at the game, mate. So, that that is a good point. At the same time, I would point out though that while we may be whinging for whatever reasons, the the facts of the matter are that rugby in Australia is struggling. Like massively, I mean, we're we're running a podcast on the basis that there were, we felt that there was no actual good dialogue about the game. Well, wait, is that just me? No, no, no. <laughs> well, no, because we basically basically the the, the one uh, media service that was doing it was doing a terrible. What in our minds was doing a terrible. And has well, not everybody dropped right now. Well, not yeah. everyone would pay free to um, pay t- pay TV. Right. And I mean, it is expensive. What well, the rock always free, always will be. <laughs> Whereas KO now gives people the option of going in and out. Um, I, yeah, Fox realises that, that they can really screw rugby, but they made the call that AFL and NRL, they pay too much for it. And so I think that's why they're putting the screws on. Also, 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 they they bought but, a dud pocket pocket uh, dud product with cricket because there's lots of things outside the tent. You know what I mean? Yes. So what they paid for there's people yeah. watching. I mean, you can anyway. still get that free to wear. Yeah, exactly. So, so anyway. why would you have that? Anyway, um, right. so we better get going. Yes. Sorry, guys. Thank you. Thank you. See you later. See you later, guys.